I'd like to introduce you to Emperor Nero. At age 16, he didn't just start driving a car, he started ruling one of the greatest empires that ever existed. Because he was only 16, his mother Agrippina uh, tried to rule through his reign and was making many decisions for Emperor Nero. In fact, his mom actually got rid of political rivals for him uh, through murder. Nero seemed all good with this. In fact, uh, history would say that he was very panicked making big decisions during crisis as an emperor, as a 16-year-old, I can only imagine. Um, and, and so he was thankful for his mother. I think of young people, how they show thanks, you know, when they've made it to moms, and, and some buy houses or cars. Nero, what he did, he put his mother's portrait on a Roman coin back in the day. Nero appreciated his mother's help, but did not appreciate when mom talked about his love life, which was pretty sordid. And because of this, he took it to an extreme, and he planned to get rid of his mother. He planned a shipwreck and then an execution, and it ended up in matricide. Historians would say that after he killed his mother, he lost all sense of right and wrong. History would show us this portrait of Nero trying to look remorseful after the death of his mother. From there, things got worse. No longer having his mother's voice of wisdom in his ear. From there, we know Rome was set on fire. And many say that Nero is the one who started the fire, if not was actually playing the fiddle or maybe singing as Rome was burning. And one of the reasons he might have appreciated that is because we know what, we, what he did after the, the burning of Rome. He built himself an incredible palace, an incredible complex. It was 300 acres big. It included artificial lakes and groves. It included his palace. It included um, a, a portrait of him uh, that rivaled the Statue of Liberty in height, uh, 10 stories tall. When it comes to what Nero built, uh, other historians called it ruinously prodigal. And prodigal, by the way, means extravagant. Well, not all the people loved Nero. He actually got in trouble because of his tax code. And because of the taxes he wanted to implement, the people revolted. And because the whole country had ganged up upon himself, uh, he actually planned to take his life. He didn't commit suicide, actually had his secretary do it. And he died. This is Nero. He was what some might call a tyrant. And yet history, if you do just a, a brief overview, uh, would find that, they, that he wasn't the only tyrant. When we look at world leaders, you know, it's not much to think about what comes to mind when you can say the name Adolf Hitler or Joseph Stalin or, or Pol Pot. Yeah, there are some really bad leaders out there. But there are good leaders. There are good leaders. There is Thomas Jefferson. I remember doing a report about him in grade school, and he, he penned the Declaration of Independence. He was the third president, and some say he's still in the top ten when it comes to American presidents. But Thomas Jefferson had 600 slaves. And he's famous because of a musical called Hamilton. 
And the rumor mill says that maybe he even had um, relations with one of the slave gals and was not faithful to his wife, and, and that's not good. And so, so even the best people have things, and, and we see, wow, that, that, that's not so good. And I bring all this up to, to give our first takeaway that maybe you knew before I ever started talking, um, that all human authorities are imperfect. Not true. Whoever has authority, if they are human, they are going to be imperfect in how they use their authority. And I guess that's why I love coming to this place. Um, I really hope that your best moments are in the house of God. Because in this place, we find an authority, the King of kings, the Lord of all, who is perfect. He doesn't know how to get it wrong. He doesn't know how to make a decision that, that will go sideways. He is perfect in all of his ways. And, and if you're watching online or if you're just new to, to us, I want you to know that Jesus loves you more than you know. Um, that he was perfect in your place. And he's in control. Uh, more than anything, I want you to find him as a king of kings and, and lord of lords. But something that I love about listening to his rule and authority is that if you listen closely, he can give us great perspective. In fact, I remember the perspective he had on earthly government. Uh, let, let me do some more history. There was a time when the children of God were ruled by God. We call that a theocracy. But then the children of God wanted to be just like everyone else, which we're still tempted by. We want to be just like everyone else. And at that time, everyone had a king. And so God said, okay, I'll, I'll give you what you want, and I, I know ultimately you're rejecting me. But he told Samuel, the judge at the time, the prophet at the time, warn them about what this king will do. In fact, this is, this is what he said to Samuel. Now listen to them about their desire to be like everyone else, but warn them solemnly. Let them know what the king who will reign over them will claim as his rights. And what does a king claim? Do you know? The best of what you got. He takes firstborn sons and puts them in the army. Takes your daughters and puts them in the palace to serve. Takes the best of your riches, which in that day was land and cattle, and claims it as his own. That's what a king will do. And God was warning you, you're not going to like it, but by the time you get sick of having a king, don't come back to me, for you've made your choice. And we're still ruled by earthly governments. Now, we're not in a theocracy or a monarchy. Uh, what is our form of government, do you know? It's democracy, right? And I had a professor who said, democracy is the worst form of government. Except for all the others. <laughs> it is really bad, and we sense its imperfections. But if you look at every other form, they're worse. And maybe if you're a citizen of this country right now, you're feeling those imperfections. And maybe as you look to vote, you're, you're looking at candidates and you're feeling some of the imperfections and you're, you're sensing them. But that, that's not the only authority he's uh, brought up. Uh, last night with the teens, we were talking about parents. And it's really interesting, as much as parents try, there is no rule book given by God, you know, on how to do everything right. And so... At the end of the day, your, your kids are going to see your imperfections. It's going to happen. That's what happens generation after generation. It's not the only authority I think of bosses. And um, there was a study done by Monster, the, the 
the group that uh, has resumes and job finding, and, and they saw that out of uh, 76% of those looking for a new job, it was because their boss was toxic. So yes, all authorities are imperfect. And what should we do? Well, I suppose we could just throw off all authority. But if we were fair, if we were to throw off the authority over us, then no one could be at authority over, no one could be under us either. And, and we call that anarchy. I'm not sure how well anarchy would work. But I have a better idea. Into this dynamic of which we feel right now, what if we just paused and heard the voice of God? What if we let him direct us? I think that would be beneficial. And so we're going to turn to Romans chapter 13. And here are the words that Paul is talking about to Christians in Rome under the authority of Nero. Please stand as we hear the word of God. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority, Nero, except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, Whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and you'll be commended. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. They are God's servants, agents of wrath, to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. That is also why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Powerful words that we get to consider could you just say out loud or to someone next to you, follow the leader? Follow the leader. Chat that in. And please be seated. I cannot get over those who served us in the armed forces. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, those who have sacrificed so much, left their families um, in order to keep us safe. And with Veterans Day right across, uh, right around the corner, uh, man, I, I just celebrate those who have served us in that way. And, and there are many things I love about those who serve us, and one of them is their discipline. In fact, um, if you've been in basic training or if you know someone, um, I, I love what you have to do when the order fall in is given. When you fall in, it means you line up by rank and order. It's really interesting um, that you have to fall in and you have to listen to those ahead of you whether you respect them or not, whether you agree with their decisions or not, because if you do not fall in and keep that order, you're not very tactical. You can't really do things as a unit. I was recently watching a TV show where um, they're setting up where one under officer was mad at a superior and was just going off to another person. And, and the other person in the army said, I hear you, now be quiet and fall in. I respect that. And I guess the reason I respect that, maybe it shows my age, is because I, I've seen how often you need to do that in this life. If you do not have the ability to fall in in a home, 
that's going to be rough for your mom and dad. If you do not have the ability to fall in when it comes to a class requirement and the hoops of academia, that's going to be rough for you. If you can't fall in when you have a job, your first job or making it, it's not going to go well for you. In fact, when it comes to our first takeaway, God calls us to fall in when it comes to authority. And that's what I see in our first verse. Uh, it, it says, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there's no authority except that which God has established. And so that means that regardless of who's voted in or out, God is going to call you to fall in under authority in this nation. And it's not just in this nation that there is authority. God has actually established order in the family between parents and children, uh, in a marriage between husband and wife, and in the church itself. And God says, regardless of whether you agree with that person or whether you even respect them, he says, fall in. I've established my order. In fact, when it comes to that uh, idea of being subject, the, the Greek actually has the idea of order, that he's arranging things, and, and as he's arranging things, where you should fall is under those in authority. Uh, that, that's where you should fall. And so sometimes we see that in, in a winsome way. And one of the things I love to bring to your attention, a tradition of our nation, is the falling in of presidents after election. One of the customs that is, is common is for the new president to be welcomed in the White House. And so I just want to show you some pictures here. Uh, this is uh, the Bush family re re welcoming uh, the Obama family, saying, make it your own. And the same thing happened. Um, the Obamas welcoming the Trump family. And uh, former President Barack Obama is saying, we want to make sure they feel welcome as they prepare to make this transition. Now, to me, this is a winsome thing because uh, they don't agree. And, and that's probably putting it lightly. Uh, but what we see is this ability and this necessity to fall in. They recognize that in, in this tradition, in this custom. You know, it's something that I saw in the Bible between David and a bad king named Saul. There was a time where Saul wanted to get rid of David for a really bad reason. He was just jealous. And, um, and so Saul mounted the army against David, and David had this opportunity to kill Saul. It's an incredible account of when Saul was going to the bathroom. You should read your Bible. It's really interesting. But anyway, and, uh, and so there was Saul, and, and the other people with David were like, here's your chance. Kill Saul. He's trying to kill you anyway. And, by the way, David already was anointed as the next king. But look at what David said. Don't destroy him. Who can lay a hand on the, can you say this with me? Who can lay a hand on the Lord's anointed? What, what did David know about Saul, even in his state, even in his wrong, even though he didn't agree and didn't respect? This is still what the Lord had established. He understood what Paul wrote before he wrote it. The Lord has this in place. But look also what he understood about the Lord. As surely as the Lord lives, the Lord himself will strike him, or his time will come, or he will die, or he will go into battle and perish. See, I, I'm confident, David says, as someone who believes in God, that he knows how to rise people up and also make them fall. I, I'm going to live with that confidence that there's nothing I really need to do um, because God's in control of this big thing. What a great word for us. God is still the one who knows how to raise people up and lower others. 
and we're still going to be okay. But there's a problem about falling in. The problem is, well, how are you doing with it? Right now in our country, or maybe I should ask after the election, <laughs> because of imperfect authorities, um, where is your heart at in falling in to everything that's going on or could be? Kids, have you ever found it hard to fall in at home? Mom or dad wants you to do something. When you go to the workplace, do you always agree with boss, the one in charge? You find it always easy to fall in. Man, you know what I find more common? Reminds me of being a kid and told to do chores. I have this inside of me. Do you? It doesn't matter my age, and maybe it shows my immaturity, but, but, but sometimes when, when there's something I disagree with and someone that I don't like and they tell me to do something I don't want to do, there is this little child, regardless of authority, saying, no, 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 no. Pouting is all get out. What about you? It reminds us of our struggle with sin. You know, Paul, who wrote about authority, also wrote about what's inside of us. And look what he wrote. He said, the mindset of the sinful flesh is hostile to God, since it does not submit to God's law. And in fact, can you say that word, it? That's clarifying. <laughs> Why are citizens struggling so much? Why do children struggle so much? Why do employees struggle so much? Because that sinful nature actually does not allow you to follow and fall in all the time perfectly. So why do we gather? So I can tell you about Jesus. Consider Jesus with me. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. He has so much authority that someday every knee will bow to him, whether by choice or by force. That will happen. And yet when the king of kings was told to fall in, he did. If you read the book of Corinthians, when Paul is talking about order in the church, uh, one of the things that he brings up about Jesus Christ is this, that God is Christ's head. And, and what it means is that the Son follows in order to the Father, and it has nothing to do with being um, inferior. There's just order established, and when the Son needs to fall in, he does. And we find that in the birth of Jesus. The Gospels would tell us that he was born of a virgin, born under law. And he would come to a country and to a land that had civil laws, and he would obey them perfectly. In fact, when the Pharisees came to him and they said, should we pay our taxes to Rome? He said, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. And then we know the garden. Where at this point... Jesus will want any other way to pay for the sins of the world. Any other cup. And when there was none, he fell in. He fell into the cross. For you and for me. He took the punishment of rebels so that you and I could have the freedom of sons and daughters, which is what you have. See, the story is we're never going to get this perfect. 
We're never going to get it all right. We're going to struggle no matter what regime is over us, whether it be a parent or a boss or a government. And yet we have the King of Kings who has forgiven our sins and still called us his children and still led us in the family simply through faith. There is no better news than this. But the God who did this for you and did this for me also has some beautiful directives on how to live in this world, on how to live with authority. And we need to dwell a little deeper on some of those rules and how they're helpful in our lives. You know, last night was our teen meeting, and man, I love what's going on with our teens. And, and uh, one of the resurgences we have is, is this capture the flag appeal. And, and there's a reason that I think people still like capture the flag. And, and the reason is because it really gets your heart going. If you've ever crossed into enemy line, you know what it is to like worry if you're going to be tagged. And especially if you're holding the flag, you know what it is to have that adrenaline pump up and push you in a different gear to try to get back to where you're safe. Now, there is a way to not have that adrenaline come or that blood pumping, and that is to puppy guard your jail, which I always respect. There's always one kid who does that. One kid who's like, I'm not crossing enemy lines. I don't want that. I'm just going to puppy guard our jail. I'm safe on this side. Because they know that once they cross the line, whoo, different story, different feeling. They got to hightail it. I bring this up as the experience of crossing over a line and feeling something because Paul talked about that. Paul said, you know what happens when you cross a line? Man, something happens in your heart. It, it might give you the cold sweats. You, you might get a little, whoa, what's going on? And, and the line he's talking about was not capture the flag. It was rebelling against authority. He says when you rebel against the authority, guess what you are? You're a little bit afraid that you're going to get caught. And he said this, do you want to be free from that fear? Do you want to live and never worry about getting caught? Never worry about it catching up with you or people finding out? There's a way to do that. Do what's right. And I don't mean to be overly simplistic, but it makes a lot of sense. Do you want to never worry about the flashing lights behind you? Don't speed. It's, it's a really good way. Have you ever gotten those spam calls of the IRS and we're auditing you? Do you want to never be afraid of that being real? Keep the tax code. Do you want to never be afraid of a parent finding out what you did or a teacher finding out what you did or your boss finding out what you did? Do the right thing. And guess what? That fear dissipates because in general, you're not punished for doing good. In general. There could be exceptions, but in general. In fact, kids, maybe you'd say this, and many times we're rewarded for doing the good thing. You work really hard on a project and the boss says, wow, I saw what you did, here's a reward. You do that at your home and you have kids who again help out and they, they try to be good, sometimes it's Dairy Queen. You do that in this country, sometimes there are even tax breaks for doing good things that God wants us to do. I think of just like giving to church. Like the government says, here's a tax break for that. Well done. So fall in and you can be free. How beautiful. So I don't like the cold sweats of like being wrong. <laughs> I don't like living in fear of like that's going to catch up with you. That, that's not a fun place to be. There's a way out. Do what's right. Don't have to fear. But even if you wouldn't get caught, 
there's another reason on why to fall in. See, Paul goes on to say, and it's necessary to submit to authorities, not because of just possible punishment, but also because of a matter of conscience. This reminds me, as a church, we were working with a, a business, and um, th they were nice people, but um, they were telling us to do something that was technically illegal, but then they also said, like, but don't worry, like, everyone else gets away with it. And it just made me pause as a pastor, like, do we want to be the church that got away with it? <laughs> like, that could be a good tagline, right? The loophole church. <laughs> but, but, but then, let, let's talk about it more seriously. We're all Christians in this nation. And, and let's just do some soul searching. Do you want to be known as the Christian who got away with it? Is that really your goal in this country? Is that really our goal as, as great citizens of America? Is, is that our, our marching orders? Let's make sure we get away with it? No, Paul brings up a different matter because you actually never get away with it. And so fall in because God views everything. Right? There's, there's nothing you actually get away with. He, he knows exactly what's going on. So fall in. But at this point, this is challenging, yeah? Wow, this is hard, Pastor. I agree. We have a sinful nature. In fact, when Paul was preaching uh, about this, before it he said, your whole life should be that of a living sacrifice. And sometimes it feels like a sacrifice for me to fall in, right? And there might be a point where, where you're saying, okay, Pastor, but... There's got to be a time, there's got to be a way that I have the right to rebel. Well, there is. But it's just not that often. In fact, uh, when you go to the New Testament, uh, uh, John and Peter, they were uh, told by the leaders of the day to stop talking about Jesus. And were they going to stop talking about Jesus? Absolutely not. And so John and Peter, they said this, we must obey God rather than men. And, and, and that is your right, Christian. If there comes a moment when earthly authorities or government would tell you to sin, you then have to follow the voice of the King of Kings. You then have to follow the greater authority in that moment. Here I think of the church in China. Uh, right now, the government is really cracking down. Um, here is the church called the Golden Lampstand that was torn down by the communist country. And uh, they're doing much to censor what is going on in their uh, internet use. They're doing much to uh, try to make the Christians conform to the ideologies they want talked about. Um, in fact, we had some uh, missionary activity over there, and many of them have been called back or out of that country because of this. And, and regardless of what uh, the, the, the government does, the Christians in that country can rebel. And they should rebel. They should continue to worship God. Now, some of that has been questioned in our own land. Is the government causing us not to worship? It's been an interesting debate. And um, I don't think they're causing us to sin, right? Because we've kept live stream as an option, and we've still shared the word of God. Uh, but, but there are things that we wonder about. Um, so again, uh, if the government would ever ask you to sin, you must say, no, I follow God above man. So we've gotten our bearings. And so far, all of the authority we've been talking about is, is negative. 
And so to close, I just want to let you know that sometimes following the voice of a leader is a really good thing. A really positive thing. In fact, right now is a time um, for Kono's corn maze and Bengston's pumpkin patch. And I don't know if you've ever been in the midst of a maze. And, and, and what's easy to, get, to do is get lost. And so what's really great is if someone has found like the goal or found the way out for them to say, hey, I found it, follow me. And out of the maze you go, right? Really good to, to follow that kind of voice and authority. And you know, that's representative of some of the people that God gives us in our lives. Sometimes a parent is super helpful on teaching us where to go and where not to go. And sometimes a teacher is super helpful where to go and where not to go. And sometimes a boss can do that too. Uh, sometimes following authority is a really good thing. You know, this made sense in my life because I was under a great voice. Um, his name is this, uh, Daniel Deutschlander. Daniel Deutschlander was a professor I had at college and um, I remember I'd go outside of class. I wasn't even in his class. I audited one of his classes, even though I didn't get credit for. And I went to other things just to hear him talk because he was that great of an influence. Uh, he wrote this book called The Theology of the Cross. It's, it's a beautiful book. It's a great voice. I remember that was one of the talks I listened to as a college kid, which when you're in college, you don't really think about carrying your cross. <laughs> you think of having fun on the weekends. But anyway, um, but, but I remember hearing him talk about it, and, and this is what he said about the cross, that the essence of the cross in every stage of life and in every cha changing circumstance is this, self-denial. One of the great voices and, and guidances that stuck with me through the life of Daniel Deutschlander. But it seems like God is calling him to heaven got a few days here on earth. And it just made me pause and realize, man, when I find a good voice to follow, that's a huge blessing. And what about following the voice of Jesus? You know, Jesus has continued to guide us. And if you're afraid of getting sick because of COVID and afraid of of death, God says this, you know what? The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. He still is in control of our bodies. Or maybe we're worried about the election that is on our hearts. And he'd remind us God placed all things under his feet, all rule and authority, and appointed him to be head over everything for our sake. And if you're worried about where to go in life and how are you going to get through this next season and go on to college? It says, you will guide me with your counsel and afterward you'll take me into glory. And so while I'm here, you're going to guide me. I know that full well and then you're going to take me into counsel. How good it is to follow a godly authority. And so if you're taking notes, view God's authority and God-like authority with praise. If you have a voice that, that tells you a, a good word, thank God for that. Whether it be a parent, a teacher, pastor maybe. If that's going on in your life, that is reason for praise. Because yes, there are imperfect authorities. And that means for some challenging times for us living under that authority. But there is one perfect one who has called you his and is still in control. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you that we have heard from you again. These words of direction are challenging. 
But if there was ever a voice to fall into, it is yours and your authority. Help us to honor you by how we live in this world. Bless the election and our present and future leaders in this country. Bless all godlike leaders who seek to lead others to your voice. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen.